0: your word. Thank you, God, that this is your word, that you've communicated through your Holy Spirit to the writers here. And what we're reading, what we're studying today is you speaking to us. So I pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you would show us, Lord, your truth and show us, God, uh, your love and what you have planned, God, in the future. We thank you that your word is alive, it's living, it's powerful. And so, powerfully move in our hearts today, this morning. So anoint this time with your Holy Spirit, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I came across some math jokes. Okay, get ready. You're going to love these. I love these. All right. Here's some math jokes. Why did the math book look so sad? Because it had so many problems. (laughs) Isn't that great? What is a bird's favorite type of math? algebra algebra how about this what kind of tree does a math teacher climb a geometry you like that I like this one what do you call a number that can't keep still a Roman numeral (laughs) yeah here's one of my favorites why was six afraid of seven because seven, eight, nine. Woohoo, yeah. Where's the laugh here, huh? No, no mercy. Right? One more. How do you count cows? With a calculator. <laughs> I love that, yeah. Funny, right? Listen, I give you permission to use that. It's okay. Well, as we return to our study in the book of Daniel, we come to this amazing prophecy of Israel jesus christ the antichrist and even we get a peek into the end of the world the end of time and today as we come to this prophecy we're going to be working with some numbers it's it's like we're going to math class god's math class and so this prophecy works with numbers it's mathematical mathematical so you know what Put your thinking caps on i 'm going to do my best to keep it simple, but today we are going to study the seventy weeks of daniel, and that 's our title this morning: the seventy weeks of daniel we 're going to be uh, picking up from verse twenty and end to the end of the chapter of chap- daniel chapter nine so Daniel 9 from verse 20 to 27. Uh, we left off at 19 last time uh, a couple weeks ago uh, before Easter, but now we're back in Daniel uh, from verse 20 to 27. Now, I've broken up this passage into three parts, and this is our outline. Number one, the epic response. Number two, the end objectives. And number three, the exact calculations so i'll give those to you and it'll be on the screen as we go but this is the 70 weeks of daniel let's begin with number one in our outline the epic response the epic response take a look with me here now in this section we're we're, going to cover verses 20 to 23 and we'll just read all of that right now and then we'll go over it so take a look here daniel chapter 9 verse 20, beginning there. Verse 20, it says, While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. And then uh, verse uh, 22 here. He made me understand, speaking with me and saying, O Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. One more verse. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. All right, we begin now with Daniel, with he, him writing here in verse 20 he's he's saying while i was speaking and praying now remember daniel has had been praying for israel and and here he mentions the holy hill which is actually jerusalem it's on a mountain and the temple inside there so he's been praying now for Israel, the Jerusalem, his his fellow Jews here. And remember, that's what we study in the first part of chapter 9. We saw last time, a couple weeks ago, our title, Daniel's Powerful Prayer, where Daniel prayed for the future revival and restoration of Israel. If you missed it, you can catch the podcast, or it's archived on our YouTube channel, and there's links to that. So, as he's praying now... This angel is dispatched and appears in the form of a man. That's why he says he sees this man. And and you know what it is? It's Gabriel. Remember, it's the same angel who came to him in his first vision in chapter 8. Now, this angel is dispatched from God. God responds to the prayer. And the angel brings the answer to Daniel's prayer, which is He says here, insight and understanding. To what? To the future of Israel. Daniel's been praying for this future and restoration revival of Israel. And so this is a prophecy or this vision we see in this last verse 23. It's a vision or prophecy of what's going to happen in the future of Israel. So this is like this answer to Daniel's prayer that he prayed in the beginning of the chapter. Now, before we go on, notice two things here. Gabriel appeared, right, at the time the Jews used to offer the evening sacrifices. So that was the time. Now, there's, there's no temple. They're in the Babylonian captivity. Daniel's in Babylon. And so there's no sacrifice going on. But at the evening sacrifices, which is 3 o'clock p.m., Daniel continues to faithfully pray. And isn't that great? Even in captivity, Daniel faithfully prays like he did when he was in Jerusalem. And I don't know, I'm just a side note, I was thinking about that is so great. Even in our quarantine or captivity, yeah, we should continue to faithfully seek God and pray. And I think gathering together on Sunday morning like this is doing just that. And then notice something else. The second thing, Gabriel says to him in this last verse, in verse 23, he says to him, you are great greatly love now understand god loves everyone he loves everyone we know that from the word of god we know god is love and god loves everyone but i believe what god is doing is he's giving recognition to daniel's faithful prayers that he's that his prayers this faithful continual prayers and consistent prayers have deeply touched god's heart so in this first section the idea is god answers Daniel's prayer by giving him this prophecy of the future of Israel. Now, this is the that that insight understanding. This is the vision, and that's where I'm keying this off of. And let me tell you, this this one's monumental. This prophecy is monumental. This is a really big prophecy. So, God, in answer to Daniel's prayer, God gives Daniel the epic response. This is the response from God. This is the epic response. Philip Newell wrote that this is, this is what he said about Daniel 9, the greatest chapter in the book and one of the greatest chapters of the entire Bible. That's what he's talking about and focusing in this prophecy, we're gonna, this vision we're going to be talking about. One pastor called it the backbone of prophecy. Now, why do they say this? Well, because all end time prophecy can be better understood by this epic response this prophecy this vision this insight and understanding to what is coming for israel i mean all all of prophecy even even the first coming of jesus we understand a little bit more in this prophecy so that's why this is the epic response So here's our point here in our first section. As soon as he began to pray, God responded and answered with more than Daniel could have imagined. As soon as he began to pray, God responded and answered with more than Daniel could have imagined. You know what I think about? And we're going to put this on the screen. I think about Isaiah 65 24, it says, "Before they call, I will answer; while they are yet speaking, I will hear." And that's Daniel there, right? As soon as he began to pray, God responded. He knew even before he prayed, and he answered with more than Daniel could have imagined. God came in, and he came in and answered God's, uh, Daniel's prayer with this epic response. In His omniscience, God was already answering Daniel's prayer, and He brought him. Like Ephesians 3.20 says, far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think. And it was for Daniel at this time and what we have in Daniel chapter 9 to receive one of the most important prophecies of the Bible. Now, know this. Listen, God knows the future and he can answer your prayer accordingly. The creator of the universe has e- his ears tuned into your cries. Understand, you are greatly loved also. He loves you so much as his child. So, you know, we need to go to him as believers. We need to know that God is already getting things ready for us to receive. And that answers God responds to us. You know, I was thinking about this story. Uh, Dr. Helen Rosevere was a missionary to Zaire, that's in Africa. A, a long time ago, and she, she talked about this story of a mother on the mission station who had, who had unfortunately, you know, died after giving birth to a premature baby. Well, she writes this. We tried to improvise an incubator to keep the infant alive, but the only hot water bottle we had was beyond repair. So during devotions that morning, we asked the children to pray for the baby and for her little sister who is now an orphan. And then one of the girls prayed this, Dear God, please send a hot water bottle today. Tomorrow will be too late because by then the baby will not be able to live. Oh, and dear Lord, send a doll for the sister show so she won't be uh, feeling so lonely. Well, you know what happened? That was the morning, right? That same afternoon, Helen, uh, the missionary writes, a large package, package arrived from England. Eagerly, the children watched as we opened it. Much to their surprise, under some clothing was a hot water bottle. And immediately, the girl who had prayed so earnestly started to think, saying, if God sent that, I'm sure he sent a doll. And you know what? Helen writes, she was right. The missionary goes on to say this. The Heavenly Father knew in advance of the child's sincere request. And, get this, Five months before, he had led a ladies group to include both of those articles. Isn't that amazing? So God knows, God sees, and he'll respond and answers. Even, even before we, we pray, he knows this is our God. So know that, you guys. He cares for you, he loves for you, and he hears your prayers more than you know. All right, well, let's go on to number two, the N. Objectives, The end objectives. In the 70 weeks of Daniel, we've seen the epic response now. God's bringing him this incredible prophecy. But first, he's going to give out the end objectives. The end objectives. Now, think we're going to be covering verse 24, just verse 24 in this section. But for now, we're going to first look at the first part of verse 24. Take a look with me here. It says, 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city and we'll stop right there let's just focus in on this right now now gabriel continues and he says 70 weeks are decreed or or what he's saying have been set as a period of time these 70 weeks it's a period of time god is set for who well he says for your people who's that? Well, Daniel's writing this and the angel's talking to Daniel. That's the Jew, the Jews, right? It's Israel. So for your people and the holy city. And what's the holy city? Well, we know, right? Jerusalem and with the temple included of that. So understand all this we're talking about is about Israel and Jerusalem, the temple inside, the Jews. It's all about them. And remember, Daniel's been praying for, for the future, the revival, restoration of Israel. So, Seventy weeks, this period of time, it's been set. God has put together this period of time for Israel and Jerusalem. Now, let's back up a moment. What is the 70 weeks? What is that? Well, in the Hebrew, the word weeks, the Hebrew word is Shabuah. Shabuah. And it means seven. It, it ref It refers to a unit of seven. So, Really, it's saying seventy sevens. That's the idea. Uh, the translator put weeks in there, and I know it's a little confusing because we look at seven days in a week. But think about weeks as shabuah sevens, a unit of seven. Now, that word shabuah was used as it could be uh, pertaining to days, like seven days, or shabuah could mean years. It could mean seven years. So just the word Shabbat could mean seven days, or it could mean seven years. But here, in context of this chapter, chapter 9 in Daniel, as we saw in the prophecy in verse 2 from Jeremiah that that was talking about 70 years, in context, Shabbat here speaks of years, not days. So When we read here, when the angel tells us in this first part of verse 24, 70 weeks, it's 77 year periods. All right? You got that? 70 weeks is 70 Shabwa or 70 units or years, seven years. So think of 77 year periods and that means 70 times 7 which puts it at 490 years. So, let me let, follow me right now this period of time god has set for the people of israel and jerusalem is 70 Shabbat, 70 weeks which is 70 times 7 units of years 490 years you got that 70 times 7 right so <laughs> you got that over there <laughs> they're nodding so you must have gotten that too <laughs> think about it this way think about it this way now say you go to Komoda's, yeah. Say after we, you know, it opens up, we can go out and the bakery opens up. Say you go to Komoda's and you, and you decide, you know, I'm going to buy some donuts. And matter of fact, I'm going to buy some donuts and bless Pastor Rick. Yes. Anyway, uh, think about that. So you go to Komoda's and you ask them, you know, across the county, you say, hey, I like one dozen long johns, a dozen, one dozen stick donuts, and two dozen, yeah, guava malasadas. So so you, you get all this stuff, and, and you know why you get all that, all those donuts? Four dozen, right? Is because you love your pastor so much. Thank you so much. And anyway, that's equal to how many donuts? Well, we know a dozen is what? Twelve units, right? So four dozen is what? Forty eight. So four dozen is what? Twelve times four, and it's forty-eight. So that's 48 total donuts that you're going to bless me with, and I can't wait. Anyway, just joking. I'm just joking. So if you understand, we use this word dozen as to equal 12 units. The Hebrew word Shabuah, it equals seven units, and here it talks about years. So 70 weeks, 70 Shabuah is 70 times seven years, and it equals 490 years. So hope you got that, hope that's clear, 490, and that's an important number, and we'll see that in, in a moment, all right, now let's go on to the next uh, part of verse 24, so 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city, and then look, it goes on, the angel goes on, and says to finish the transgressions, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. And we'll stop there. So now this 490 years, the seven Shabuah, is the period of time that God has planned to accomplish his work. And, and what does that work? Well, this is what's listed now. This is the N objectives, our heading here. We're going to see six things here that God is planned to accomplish with Israel, with Jerusalem within that, at that by the time the 490 years end. These are his things. So there's six N objectives here. And so let's look at the first thing and we're just going to take it as it says here. So the number one is to finish the transgression. To finish the transgression. Now transgression has to do with revolt or rebellion. So the idea is that God will finally put an end to Israel's Rebellion, Yeah, I mean, we read about that in the Old Testament on the wilderness journeys, how they rebelled against God. They went and then they went after other idols and they did what they wanted to do in rebellion to God. And that's how they ended up in captivity. Right. Well, God's plan is to finish, to put an end to Israel's rebellion. That's number one. Number two is to put an end to sin. Now that means Israel will no longer be in bondage to sin. The idea is, is that they will Israel will no longer as a nation now we're, we're talking about be prone to disobey God's commandments, his word anymore. They won't they'll be free of that like sin nature, like we understand as believers. And they'll be able to follow God, and God will put an end to that sin. So, number one, to finish the transgression. Number two, within these 490 years, and by the end of this, He'll put an end to sin. And number three here, to atone for iniquity. You see that there? Isn't that great? God will atone for their sin, which speaks of the cross of Jesus Christ that's what is really talking about here the messiah that will come as their savior and die for their sins and once and for all atone for their sin the idea is god saves israel in jesus christ and he frees them from that bondage of sin he's he them from being rebellious now you know one day israel is predicting predicted to find salvation in jesus christ and we see this in revelation but not only that in the old testament in zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 listen it says this they look on me on whom they have pierced they shall mourn for him as one uh, who mourns for an only child That is prophetic. It's predicting a time when Israel will look to Jesus who died on the cross and Jesus will save them and they'll be saved of their sins and atone for their sins. All right. These first three had to do with their sin. But now the last three objectives and objectives here, they have to do with Israel's new life really, in Jesus Christ. So, number four here, listed in verse 24, is to bring in everlasting righteousness. Now, what is that talking about? Well, it speaks about the future, of course, everlasting, eternal righteousness. It speaks of heaven, but specifically, it really speaks of the future kingdom, where Israel live, will live in a world ruled uh, and reign by the lord jesus christ that 's the idea that 's what they look forward to. They look for this everlasting reign of the Messiah to come. So the idea here is about the Old Testament prophecies of the kingdom of the Messiah, and we know this as the millennium and and that comes after the years of the tribulation now i 'm going to show you a little little graphic here that was put together for us and and I'm going to be showing you another one later, but this I hope this helps you see what we're talking about. So you see seven years of tribulation, right? And uh, I have a little paper here. And we have seven years of tribulation. Now the rapture of the church happens, 1 Thessalonians 4, right at the beginning of the seven years of tribulation. And then after the tribulation comes the Millennium, the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ. At, at the beginning of the tribulation is the rapture of the church. And then at the end of the tribulation, I don't know, if, is my hand right? <laughs> Well, anyway, you guys, get it. I'm just joking, it is the second coming of Christ, Revelation 19 and 20. And then after the, that is the millennium. And then after the millennium cause then comes the new heaven and the new earth. Time actually ends there. And from then on, it's everlasting righteousness. It's Revelation 21, where, where we all go on, believers in Israel go on living eternally with God in a new heaven and a new earth. So you understand, Jesus returns there's the rapture the tribulation jesus returns uh then the millennium and then we go on in the new heaven new earth and israel will be part of that israel will be part of the tribulation israel will be part of the millennium israel will be part of the new heaven and the new earth so that is bringing in the everlasting righteousness all right so we seem to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness. And look at number five here. The fifth end objective is to seal both vision and profit. In other words, the, the prophecies that the prophets had given in the Bible will all be fulfilled. It will be sealed. It will be done with. The idea is that what God said, will be all done. Isn't that exciting? All the prophecies that we see in our Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, it's going to be all completed. Everything that God said will have happened, and then that will will, will go on there. So that's number five. And then number six, the last one, is to anoint a most holy place. Now this speaks of the new temple that will be in the millennium where everyone in the world will come to worship Jesus will worship God the Lord and inside will be the most holy place the holiest holies which will be anointed and blessed and, and that really relates to what we're going to see a little later about how the Antichrist will go in and desecrate the third temple and all that but but in the millennium it's going to be holy it'll be blessed and anointed and where everyone will be able to come and worship so you see this list now this list is the end objective to finish the transgression to put an end to sin to atone for iniquity, for iniquity jesus christ to bring in everlasting righteousness all oh, that at the end of the 490 years we're going to usher in this time of jesus ruling to seal both vision and prophet all the prophecies will be fulfilled and to anoint the most holy place to have a place to worship so this list list is the end objective jesus christ will come and literally rule and reign on the earth at the end of the 77. So I'm bringing that back in, what he said at the beginning of verse 24, the four hundred nine years. So by the end of that period of time, 409 years, God, that God had determined, set up for Israel, you're going to see uh, Israel saved, forgiven, freed of sin, living eternally as God's people. And they're going to believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah God. So our point here is this. God's master plan of 490 years sees Israel saved and truly become his people. That's the end objective. Through everything that we see in this list, in that 490 years that God has set for Israel, God's master plan of the 490 years sees Israel saved and truly become his people. You know, it's very interesting right now. In this time of the pandemic, the corona. Virus. There's been much talk, you know, with rabbis in Israel about the coming of the Messiah. I don't know if you remember, I, I mentioned this article back in March 18th. Um, it, the headline said, Mid-East religious leaders say pandemic, uh, a sign we are nearing the days of the Messiah. So there's there's this thought now with this worldwide problem, this worldwide crisis, that that means the Messiah is about to come. Also, I was reading recently, according to the Zohar, which is a mystical commentary of the Hebrew scriptures, some of these rabbis uh, uh, like to study it. Rabbis believe that the Messiah will return this Year, they take some uh, numbers that are in the commentary and calculate it out. They they feel like it it, it, it could be this year, and you know what's interesting to me? Uh, one of the news sites I read is Breaking Israel News, and on the website they have a little banner that pops up from the bottom, and you know what it says? <laughs> Coronavirus is the start of the Messianic era. Isn't that amazing? You know what I believe? I believe God is stirring the hearts of the Jews even more as we're nearing this time of the tribulation. As we near this time where, remember I showed you the chart, where, where, where Israel is part of this tribulation. The church is raptured, and then they're part of the millennium. They're part of the new heaven and earth that God is talking about here in verse 24. So you see that it it. it it is, and we see this in Revelation, that in during the tribulation, we see this in Revelation, that during that time, many Jews will come to know Jesus as their Lord. And I think that's, this is the beginning, the stirring where they're looking for the Messiah. We know 144,000 Jewish missionaries will go out witnessing Christ. We know that the two witnesses will be witnessing Jesus Christ, and we find in the book of Revelation. And I believe That right now the stirring is God beginning to draw their hearts and then they're going to be told the truth about Jesus Christ and be saved. Well, know this though. Just as God has a master plan for Israel, you as a believer, God has a master plan for your life. You know, lately I've been praying and meditating and just praying to the Lord. I've been coming to God as Elohim. Genesis 1, 1, right, says, In the beginning was God and, God, and God created the heaven and the earth. The word God there, right, is Elohim. And that means the supreme. God the supreme. It means God the creator. It means God the sustainer. And he's the one who, who loves us. And, and this God is sovereign and powerful. And, and you know what? Elohim has a master plan, a goal for you. And for he has that in your future. Know that today elohim you know he he's he, he knows us so much he he knows the the longings of our hearts he can he 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 can fulfill the most deepest need that you have know that elohim is there for you i think about this jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We're going to put that up, I think. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Understand, that's what this prophecy is giving Israel. This is what the angel Gabriel has come with Daniel in answer to his prayer from God as God responds. He's giving them a future and a hope in that future that Israel will make it all the way to the end. Amen. Hey, and if you've never accepted Jesus before, if you never really believed in Jesus and accepted him, become a part of that plan today. Well, let's go on now to our last section, the exact calculations, the exact calculations. Now we're going to get into the 70 weeks of Daniel. We've seen the epic response, the end objective. So now that we understand the end objectives, now that we get a handle, there's 409 years Now we get into the exact calculations. Now, we're going to be covering uh, the rest of this chapter, verses 25 through 27, in this section, in the exact calculations. But but first, we're going to look at verse 25. Verse 25. It says here, And... uh, Oh, no, therefore, excuse me, and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Then for sixty two weeks, it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in troubled time. We'll stop there. Now we're going to see three different basically like time periods in each of these last three verses in chapter 9. So first we're going to look at uh, verse 25. Uh, And in these verses, we're going to see three things. They're, They're going to talk of, number one, the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Number two, the redemption of the Messiah. And number three, the rise of the Antichrist. So each of these last three verses are going to be covering those three things. But first of all now, verse 25, the rebuilding of Jerusalem. The rebuilding of Jerusalem. Okay. So verse 25 sets the beginning and the end of the rebuilding of Jerusalem or this first period of time. And remember, this this all concerns Israel, concerns the Jews, concerns Jerusalem, the temple and all that. So it's all, remember, this prophecy is focused on that. So the beginning time we see here in verse 25, it says, From the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem. That's the beginning mark. The ending mark for this period is this, the coming of an anointed one, a prince. And who's the anointed one? The Messiah, the prince, Jesus Christ, we know. So those are the two marks for these two, this period of time, from the going out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, and secondly, when Jesus Christ comes. Now, Now, added to that is a little bit more information. Added to that is the time of rebuilding of Jerusalem, which is given here, seven weeks. So that's how long Jerusalem, it'll take for Jerusalem to be rebuilt. That's a total amount of time, seven weeks. um, Seven, what? Shuboya, right? So seven years, plus... We see here in verse 25, 62 weeks. So after the first seven weeks is another 62 weeks that are going to go on where Jerusalem stands. Uh, Where it says here at the end of verse 25, he he stands with squares and moat. It means streets. uh, Squares meaning streets and moat meaning like defenses. So it's going to go on with streets and defenses. Jerusalem will continue to stand after it's been revealed, uh, rebuilt even in troubled times throughout these centuries all right so there's seven weeks we see here right in the middle of verse 25 plus 62 weeks if you total that up it's 69 weeks it's just broken broken out because the rebuilding will take seven weeks and the rest of the time it stand will be 62 weeks all right So the decree to rebuild Jerusalem to its completion now, and you can see this, right, will be seven weeks or seven shibuya, right? Seven, seven, which is what? That's right. Seven times seven equals 49 years, right? Seven, seven years is 49 years. So you see that? Not too hard, right? Uh, you, you can check, check with your calculator if you want, but I already did. So, you know, I, I can't think that well anyway. So 7 times 7, if you know your times table, you don't need that, is 49 years. So that's from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem to its completion is 49 years. And then from the time that that's finished to the coming of the Messiah will be 62 Shavuah. And that is 7 years, right? So 62 times 7 years is what? Four hundred thirty-four years. You cheated. You looked on the screen, right? <laughs> well, anyway, we put it up there to make it easy. So you you understand now. When you add it up, the forty-nine years of, and the four hundred thirty-four years, it equals four hundred eighty-three years. So, from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem to the coming of the Messiah, will be a period of time for. Hundred eighty three years. Now, this is important. So just, just keep that number in mind. If you're taking notes, write these things down. So we see 483 years. Now, follow me here for a moment. All right. In 586 BC, Jerusalem and the temple was destroyed. You remember by who? The Babylonians, right? Nebuchadnezzar came in, put a siege around the city. Finally, after many years, he came in and, and, and he destroyed right? the temple, the city, was, and took the Jews into captivity. And this is how Daniel is in Babylon, right? So then after that came who? The Medo-Persian Empire. Remember our studies? They came, took over, defeated Babylon. Right? And after they came in, as we've been studying and seeing the prophecy, Cyrus, the king right, of the Medes and Persians, uh, uh, allowed right, the Jews to return to the land. So they went back to the land. And this is Ezra, the book of Ezra. They went back to start rebuilding the temple, laying the foundation and all. That's, that's the book of Ezra. And so they went back there. But there was a decree that was put out to rebuild Jerusalem. And we find that decree. You know where? Nehemiah. That's right. You guys who, who who've been studying with us, right? We study Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter two. A decree went out, right, to rebuild the city from the Medo-Persian king Artaxerxes to rebuild the city wall and Jerusalem. So. So the temple was, was rebuilt, but not the city yet. It was in shambles. But later came this decree to rebuild, this order to go and rebuild the wall and Jerusalem. And listen to this. It is dated in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, as the, it happened, the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, which is actually translated into March 14th, 445 BC. So, 445 BC, that's the date, that's the year that this order went out to rebuild Jerusalem. By the way, much of what I'm telling you is from research and work of many scholars and a book by Sir Robert Anderson called The Coming Prince. And, and it, it, everyone refers to his research. And it was, actually, uh, they, it was actually looked over again and made sure it, all, it was accurate by um, other scholars and stuff in England. Well, so uh, you can look at this graphic now. You see 445 BC went out that decree to rebuild Jerusalem. Well, seven times seven years later, right, 49 years later, at 396 B.C., Jerusalem was finished building. That's that 49 years, just as prophesied, all right? All right, from that decree, from March 14, 445 B.C., to the coming of the Messiah, right, is that seven, uh, seven years, 49 years, and then what was added? 62 weeks. 62 Shabuya. So, 62 times 7 puts 435 years. So, if you add that together, you put it together, right? There, we have 483 years. So, at the end of that 45, I mean, at that 483 years, right, is when the Messiah is to come. All right? Do you get that now? You're following me? The 7, plus the 62, 69 years, or we put it all together with the 7, that's four, 483 years. So from 445 BC, right, you go all the way, fast forward from when it's done, 396, and you fast forward to, to the end of the 483 years, or the end of the 62, 7, to 434 years, right? That's when the Messiah appeared. So when did Jesus appear? Well, Let me tell you, Sir Robert Anderson in his book calculated all of this out. This is what he did. He took 483 years, right, and multiplied it with days. Now, um, in the Jewish calendar, Uh, uh, their year is 360 days. It's not 365. We follow a Julian calendar. calendar. The Jews follow a lunar calendar, 360 days. So he multiplies 483 times 360, and he comes up with 173,880 days. I think I forgot to give you guys that, but 173,883 days. 173,880. So he came up with that, 483 times 360. And then, taking into account leap years, the Jewish calendar, which is 30 days in a month, he he took that 173,883 days and arrived now at this date. And this is what's on your chart, 32 AD, April 6th. You can write that down. April 6th, 32 AD. So... He went from 445 BC, March 14, which we find in Nehemiah chapter two, and he, and he added all these years, multiplied, added all these years, and and into day, you know, multiplied them into days, and he came with this date, April sixth, thirty two, A.D. Which is the same week that Passover was celebrated that year. Now isn't that amazing? Passover, right? It was during that time when Jesus died on the cross. He was the Passover lamb. So this is this is amazing. Now, that day, April 6th, uh, Passover was April 10th. If you back up four days, on that day, April 6th, that was the day we know from scripture that Jesus came riding into Jerusalem. Now, remember the concerning was, this is all about Israel and Jerusalem. And here's Jesus, Palm Sunday, riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, right? And what happened? People put their clothes on the ground in honor of him. And in Matthew 21, what were they crying? Hosanna to the Son of David, the Messiah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means save Lord. This was this Palm Sunday. This was when we see Jesus presented now himself as the messiah now understand this wasn't the first time jesus went to jerusalem this wasn't the first passover he even went to during his ministry he went two other times this was the third time but this was a special time remember even before this jesus never let people like praise him you know like he would heal people or heal the leper and they wanted to say oh jesus they want to praise him and let everyone know he goes no 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 keep quiet no no don't tell anyone yet right but on this day, and I believe April 6, thirty-two eighty, this was the day, this was Palm Sunday, this was the day Jesus allowed the crowd to praise Him, to worship Him, to recognize Him as He presented Himself officially as the Messiah. And why did He do that? I believe because there was this prophecy. I believe because this was the day that God had predicted and foreordained for Jesus the Messiah to come, the coming prince, the anointed one to come into Jerusalem. And one other interesting thing is that in Luke 19.42 when Jesus was approaching Jerusalem, you know what he said? If you, he, took, he was speaking generally to Jerusalem and the Jewish people. If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. In other words, This was the day that was predicted all this time. Amazing, isn't that? So you understand the seven sevens plus the 62 sevens, the 483 years you see on that chart, from the the decree going out and the rebuilding of Jerusalem to the coming of the Messiah. Exactly. This is the exact calculations of this prophecy. Amazing, isn't it? All right. So we see this. First period of time, the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Now, there's a second period, and this is even shorter. We see, secondly, the redemption of the Messiah, the redemption of the Messiah. Now, take a look at verse 26 now, verse 26 here. Verse 26 says, And after the sixty-two weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood. To the end, there shall be war. Desolations are decreed. All right, so after the 62 weeks, which is after the forty. the seven weeks, right, the 49 years, and after the 62 weeks, 434 years. After all that, after this point in the time period when the, the, the Messiah comes, the anointed one, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, it says here, will be cut off. That means he will die. Literally, the, the Hebrew word means to punish by piercings, which is interesting, right? Because Jesus was condemned unjustly as a criminal. He was innocent. And he died by being nailed upon the cross. So this speaks of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, uh, paying the penalty for our sins, dying on the cross for our sins to free us. This is the redemption of the Messiah. This, the, the, this is what we're talking about right here at that line, and you can see on that graphic with that, too. But then it says in this verse, the people of the prince who is to come. And who is the prince who is to come? That's the Antichrist. And the, the, this people, the prince who is to come, they're going to come and they're going to destroy the city and the sanctuary. The temple and, the, and this whole city is going to be destroyed. And we know in history that's what happened. The Romans came. So this is kind of interesting note. The, the prince who is to come, the Antichrist, is one who will rise up. The people uh, of the prince who is to come, he's going to rise up out of an alliance of nations from the old Roman Empire. And we've been studying that in the book of Daniel, haven't we? So then the end of the city, the temple, shall come with a flood, which speaks of the massive Roman army that will war with the Jews and destroy them. Makes, and it makes the city a desolation. And that's has been decreed or that's what's been said that's what's going to happen okay so here in the redemption of the messiah jesus dies for the sins of the world on the cross and not too long after that the temple in jerusalem is destroyed by the romans that's the idea here jesus predicted that in mark chapter 13 verse 2 excuse me he said there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And that's exactly what happened, you guys. In 70 A.D., uh, almost 40 years after Jesus died on the cross, the Jews rebelled against Rome. They totally turned against Rome, and the the Roman army came in with a force, burned down the the temple, destroyed the city. And, you know, all the gold that was in the temple melted in between the cracks of the stone structure that was uh, put together, and they toppled each stone to get to the gold and grab it. I remember seeing toppled stones like that in uh, Jerusalem on our last trip to Israel. So isn't that amazing? This is the exact calculations of this prophecy at that time the Messiah was cut off. He comes in, right, at that point for 183 years, but then he's cut off in that same time. And then almost 40 years later, uh, the Jerusalem is destroyed. okay. So we have the time these time periods, first the rebuilding of Jerusalem, right, from uh, 445 B.C. to 483 B.C., and then comes the redemption of the Messiah. But then the third period is the rise of the Antichrist. Now look. take a look at verse 27. Verse 27, our last verse. It says here, And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week, and for half of the week, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decree, decreed end is poured out on the desolate. So here's the last part. Finally, we see that he, it says here in um, verse 27, he, who is that? It's the prince who is to come in verse 26, the Antichrist. He will make a strong covenant covenant. In other words, he'll broker this deal with many, the Jews, Israel. And it will be for one week, not seven days. What's the word? Shabuah, right? For one seven-year period, one times seven, and that's what? Seven years, right? Then at the half of the week, half of the Shabuah, three and a half years, he'll put an end to sacrifice and offering. So this deal with the Antichrist has to do with the with the Jews being able to give sacrifice and offering where in the temple. Now, since the temple was destroyed, right, right, in, in this earlier verse, right, in verse twenty six, this must be a rebuilt temple. So I believe the Antichrist will make a deal in rebuilding that. And we know in Revelation, we see, uh, John measures a rebuilt temple. But halfway through his deal, his, his little uh, contract he made for seven years of this temple of peace, halfway through three and a half years, half of Shabuah, he breaks that agreement. And he will, the verse says, on the wing of abomination shall come in, and make desolate. In other words, we've talked about this. the Antichrist will desecrate the temple in the abomination of desolation. He'll stand in the temple in the holiest holies. He'll declare himself God and require the whole world, especially Israel, to worship him. But that will last until the decreed end. And you know what that is? Jesus Christ coming back at the end of the tribulation. And that end will be poured out on this desolator, the Antichrist. So that marks the end of the period of time of the 490 years when Jesus Christ comes, makes an end to the Antichrist. So the 77s, the 490 years, that's the end there now. Okay, so one week, one time seven years, is the last seven years. And that's when the Antichrist will rise up, make a deal with the Jews, rebuild the temple, his break his a, a agreement, declaring himself God, and allow, uh, uh, you know, call, requiring all everyone to worship him as God. That's the mid-mark, three and a half years. But Jesus will come at the end, at the end of that seven-year period. Now, notice something here. We have at 445 B.C., that first seven weeks, right? Seven Shibuya. Then we have 62 Shibuya until the coming of Christ. And that gives us what? 69 in total, right? Now, what was, how many Shibuya did God set for Israel? 70. So what's 70 minus 69? One week. There's one week left. And what's that one week? Well, we just looked at it. It's when the Antichrist rises up so this is the period of time that last of the 490 years god has set to deal with israel so i want i want to point out something here too the rebuilding of jerusalem the redemption of the messiah right has already happened it's in the past but number three the rise of the antichrist has not happened yet now look at this chart again if uh, uh, look look at this chart so Notice that before the start of that last seven years, the last seven where the Antichrist rises up, right, there's a, there's a gap, right, from we have the, the first sevens and then the 62 sevens and then uh, Christ comes and the cross and he dies on cross and he's cut off. But now there's that gap, right, right in there. What is that? What's going on there? Isn't it 409 years? Yep, it's going to add up to 409 years. But in that gap, and you see on your graphic, is the church age. You see, because after the rejection of Jesus Christ, the clock on this whole 490 time year has stopped for Israel. God is no longer working with Israel. He's working with the church right now. Only that first 483 years, that period of time God set for Israel, that is past. And he worked with Israel in that way. But when Christ came, he was was, uh, uh, rejected. Now there's still one last seven years left. But God has stopped the clock on what he set for Israel. And now it's the church age. But the clock will start up again. When? When the church is raptured. That's the end of the church age. And when the church is raptured, goes home to be with Jesus, then God will now turn his, 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 turn toward Israel, start working with them and deal with Israel, like Ezekiel thirty-eight, thirty-nine, 39 saved them from the attack of Magog and the Muslim nations. And then He'll begin to witness to them, the 144,000, the two witnesses, and He'll begin to deal with Israel again. So you see on the timeline, this chart, Jerusalem standing again, 483 years. Then It's it's destroyed. Uh, Jesus Christ comes. There's a church age. Then the the rapture. Then the tribulation of seven years, the rise of the Antichrist. And at the end of that is Jesus Christ returning. So do you understand that now? God, here's the last point. God has set this period of 490 years for Israel, which include a seven-year rise of the Antichrist. But the Messiah will return come to rule at the end i mean this, I, I, this is exciting i hope it excites you to see everything laid out to see prophecy laid out to see where the church fits in and where israel fits in to see why the the raptures before the tribulation to see how the the time frame that god had prophesied to 490 years and and he fulfilled 483 but there's still seven years left And it fits with the tribulation. Now, for lack of time, there's so much more I could put in there. So many other scriptures and revelation that match in all of these numbers. But know this. God has set this period of 490 years for Israel, which include that seven-year rise of Antichrist. But the end, Jesus, the Messiah, will come to rule at the end. You know, I've been reading several articles about the possibility of the Passover lamb being sacrificed on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem for the first time in 2,000 years. And, and that, that hasn't been allowed. It said that the Prime Minister Netanyahu was actually considering this, but when all these restrictions came with the a pandemic, you know, no social gatherings, the rabbis actually dropped the request and didn't do that. But that just speaks of this heightened desire for this effort to rebuild the temple. And, and, and it's more than ever, you guys. One rabbi even said this, that the coronavirus will not go away unless the temple is rebuilt. Now, there's some radical rabbis out there thinking this, but that's the feeling, that's the the thought, that's excitement that they feel the temple will soon be rebuilt. Do you know, for many years now, they have made preparations for the third temple. I mean, the first time I went to Israel was in 1999. And we went and visited in Jerusalem this place called the Temple Institute. And they were already beginning to make the implements that the priests used in the Old Testament in the temple sacrifices. And then through the years, I would read articles about they made the altar, a a mock of the altar. they have getting the stones for, for different parts of the temple. They even have architectural designs for the temple so they've made the priestly clothes that the priests are supposed to to wear they, they even claim right now they're raising the red heifer you have to have a red heifer to sacrifice to use as a ritual purifying uh uh, uh ceremony for the priest to purify the priest and you know what they a couple of years ago i read they even have chosen priests from the line of Aaron that they 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 tested through dna testing and I'm, I don't, I don't understand. It. I mean, how do you know you're from Aaron's line? But so they're putting this all together, getting ready for the temple to be rebuilt, the third temple. And so we see here in Daniel, and what we just found in Revelation that there will be a third temple, and we're coming to the edge you guys of that time period we're right there these are these signs that this last seven years with the rise of the antichrist when god deals with israel once again it's stirring right now so listen it's time to get serious with the lord if you have not been walking you should you should start walking with the lord again if you've been dragging your feet about giving your life to jesus do it now it's time the clock for israel has stopped at that 483-year mark, it's been the church age for centuries, but God's hand is on the timer, and he is about to start it again for Israel. Think of it this way. If the first 483 years for Israel all came to pass, then you know what? The last seven years will happen. God is exact in his calculations. Yes, no one knows the day and no hour. Jesus said that, you know, Matthew 24:36. But we can see the signs that it's coming soon. Let me close with this. I heard about one pastor who told another pastor, I don't preach on future prophecies. It's just a distraction from the present. But then this other pastor replied, Well, if that's the case, then there are sure a lot of present distractions found in the Bible today. And that's what it is, guys. We see the Bible come alive. Remember, prophecy is history written beforehand. Uh, one one uh, website even puts it as... Uh, uh, Yesterday's prophecy is today's headlines. I like that. Did you know that there are over 300 predictions of Jesus' first coming when he came, born a baby, born to a virgin, dying on a cross, all that? Do you know there's over 300 and they all came true? Did you know that there's over a thousand predictions of Jesus' second com- coming? And did you know that many of those have already come true? And the biggest one, Israel is a nation now? Do you think that everyone of of them will still come true. I believe they will. I believe Jesus is coming soon. That's my calculations. What's yours? Especially with this prophecy, the 70 weeks of Daniel. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for what we have discovered today and what you've given Daniel so long ago. Lord, before any of this happened, you gave Daniel this plan. You gave him the calculations, the numbers of exactly when... Uh, You would come, the Messiah would come, and exactly what's going to happen in the last seven years in the tribulation time, the rise of the Antichrist. You gave exactly, Lord, the redemption of the Messiah and the rebuilding of Jerusalem. All this, we, we, we can look back and see it, except this last seven years. And so, Lord, we know it will happen, and we can see the signs from other prophecies that it's coming soon. So, Lord, I pray for anyone out there right now God, that, who's been dragging their feet and accepting you that today would be the day of salvation. I pray for anyone there that has been uh, who's joined in today and, and they know they, they have not been walking with you, that they will walk with you today. Lord, I pray over them right now. I pray that they call, as they call out to you and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean as I give my life over to you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Lord, save me now. I surrender all to you. And I pray, God, that you would save them. So touch their heart now, God. Lord, we bow down to you as our Lord God, King. And, uh, and we're on all of all of this, Lord. But thank you that you are real, you're alive, and these words that we studied are true. In Jesus' name, amen.